Got it. Got it. And setting up. Did it work? Yeah, it was live. Live. All right. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it there. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. The we gracious are two. live. Back again in full force. We have a special guest coming on later. Chad will let us know a little bit about that later. Mm-hmm. But man, there's a lot going on in the world. How you doing, dude? Doing well, thanks. Still in New York. I'm be going back to Cali on Friday, so next week we'll be from Cali. And uh, so you're getting to go from the cold-ish to some nice weather over in Cali, hopefully. Yeah, it's been in the 70s there, so I mean, you know, kind of like it was here about four days, five days ago. Have you been getting all the rain that Jersey's been getting in New York? We've been getting a little rain, yeah. Yeah. Not a lot, but yeah, a little bit. I like a week ago, I've never seen like Brooklyn was flooded, parts of Manhattan. It was crazy. I did see that. Yes. That they got I, some torrential downpours there. I've never seen flooding like that in New York. Thought they mm-hmm. had like aqueducts and stuff prepared for that. But hey, mm-hmm. when you get nine inches in fucking, you know, a couple hours, I guess what do you overwhelm any system? Sure, sure. Um so what else is new? Uh, you've been paying attention to this lovely uh, attack on Israel. I've been paying attention to that. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. It's amazing to see the different reactions, especially from the left, which just trips me out. It's like they now support terrorists yeah. in general. Uh, yeah. Not all of them, obviously, but like some of them, like they're having on the the view, they're supporting Hamas and the Palestinians. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the Israelis going around kidnapping babies and chopping their heads off. I just don't right. see that. And anyone from the view, if they will go visit Gaza, they will be fucking killed in an instant. Right. As right. So it just baffles me that they, that they want to take that side. It's just hilarious, but I guess that's what they do now. It's just opposite world. I mean, it's just crazy for Israel to be sandwiched like right in the Middle East like that. And relatively, I mean, this is like the biggest thing that's happened to them since they've been there. And it's kind of wondering how it took this long for something to escalate like this. Well, as I was saying earlier to you when we were talking pre-show, like what the one thing that I'm really baffled by and seems really friggin' weird to me is that Mossad missed this. It's like, you know, they are the CIA of Israel. Right. It's their job to know this. And they missed this completely. It didn't have any ideas it was going to happen. I mean, that's pretty wild to me. Yeah. Parts of me think like they let it happen so they could go and flat in Palestine, but I don't know shit. It could be. That could be. Could be a larger conspiracy at play here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who knows? But the Warhawks are out in in DC for sure. I mean, Lindsey Graham's coming out saying we should uh, go bomb all the Iranian refineries. I mean, uh, you know, let's let's open that hornet's nest too. We got Ukraine, the world's yeah. kind of burning down, and let's just let's just throw more wood on the fire. You know why not? And isn't Iran technically nuclear, or do we not really know? That- technically not, but uh, they're moving towards it. Right. Okay. Well, that's scary in its own in its own right. I mean, um, yes. And then Palestine, of course, a lot of those fighters were rocking U.S. made weapons that came from Afghanistan that lovely Joe left there. 
come on now. How could that happen? I don't know. It's just so weird. And then, yeah, of course, September 11th, $6 billion was released to the Iranians, but that wasn't used for this. Come on. Used for uh, hostage uh, trade. Used for humanitarian purposes. That's what right. Iran told, told those guys it was going to be for. Right. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny that we didn't learn the first time we armed Afghanistan against Russia uh, and then they used their weapons against us then. Uh, did they not learn from that first time? Apparently not. The government doesn't learn those sorts of things. Oh, my God. It's crazy. And now, again, we're arming Ukraine with everything under the sun. And then probably once this thing with Russia is over, just going to leave it there and then. Some crazy people are going to pick up those weapons again. What we seem to do. We did it with the Saddam Hussein too. We armed him, and then you know, it's, yeah, that's <laughs> what happens. Crazy man. Like I mean, I don't pretend to know. Like I could run the world, but like some parts of me thinks like I could do a little bit better or or something than uh, just throwing weapons around and hoping they go into the right hands. Uh, yeah, you'd think so. You think you just you know look a few short years back and go. We did this then. Let's not do that again. Yeah, we should learn like, from mistakes. Leave Afghanistan and leave billions of dollars of equipment there. Uh, supposedly, mean, though, they decommissioned. Yeah, Is that true? Supposedly what? They like decommission, like whatever they left, tanks. Uh, well, that's what they said. Well, I, didn't, I don't know if they left tanks, but I don't know. I, who knows what? who I mean, that's what they say. The This administration says a lot, but they right. lie through their teeth constantly. So, I mean, when, our president can't even tell the truth about teaching classes at Penn University, for fuck's sake. Right. And so, he can't control his dogs, apparently. This is the second one thrown out of the White House, from what I've heard, for biting yeah. Secret Service agents. Yeah, that's, that's great, too. That, that's uh, I, I read an article about saying that's, that's the sign of a beta male. If you can't right. control a dog. Of course. I mean, it's a big ass German shepherd and it's little old Joe Biden who could barely walk. I mean, I would yeah. alpha that dude if I was the dog. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, uh, how about I just hit you with my tail and knock you over, you freaking Momo. <laughs> Momo. Momo. It's a great Momo, word. Momo. 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 But it, it's just it's just weird, man. Like, I just don't get how we could have somebody who ran the country so well. Uh, and put Russia in their place. They weren't invading Crimea, Georgia, anything under somebody's rule. And then we get somebody in office and they have just the brazen balls. They're going to take over Ukraine. But people would prefer that rather than somebody who speaks a little stupid and a little misogynistic. They would prefer to have a complete idiot in the office that doesn't do anything proper than somebody who speaks you know, off the mouth, doesn't really think like at least his policies were thought out and 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 and, and working great. Yeah, uh, it, they, we've traded bad tweets for the world burning. Right. Because because President Biden can't even fucking speak. Right. So he can't speak at all. I can't put a sentence together. But that's that's better than bad tweets. You know, I mean, these people have mass psychosis. I mean, it's been. It's it's been propagated by the by the mainstream media, by the Russia hoax, by all this fucking bullshit. You know, the deep state, which you know some people say doesn't exist, which is just ridiculous to me. Right. It's the embedded bureaucracy and the you know military industrial complex of this country that runs the place, and they are all leaning Democrat for whatever reason. And uh, 
they hated Trump. They, they hated him from the beginning because he was an outsider and everyone that had Trump derangement syndrome was taught to hate him. Right. And, you know, great. So now you have the world burning down and it's, yeah, that's, that, so we don't have bad tweets. It's so much better without bad tweets in the world. You have it's, inflation through the roof, gas prices through the roof, the borders wide open. You have 4 million you know, uh, people that have come into this country, most of them now you see are military age men. There's no right. women and children coming across the border, barely any that you see. Right. And some of these people are from the Middle East. So, I mean, what happened in Israel could could definitely happen here. We have sleeper cells coming in. For sure. Here's Here we go into conspiracy theory, but like right. just use common fucking sense. Right. Uh, you could have de- easily have sleeper cells in each city, especially dem cities where no one has guns. Right. And they could go on a fucking rampage and kill sanctuary hundreds city. of people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this definitely could happen here. A hundred percent. And like you said, uh, I mean, President Biden, when he got in office, said there will be no more wall built under his administration well, yeah. because Trump was building the wall. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you are not securing our border, which is your number yeah. one fucking priority in my mind. Well, now they've reversed that now. Now, right. they, now he says, well, the law says I have to build it. It's like, oh, my God, right. really? Why didn't pick, pick a stance, dude. Just pick right. one way, please. Right. Stop being a you know flip-flopper. Stop being, a, you know, controlled by whoever the fuck controls you and just pick one thing. Well, I think he realized, like, my God, that was the right move. And now they're coming over in troves and we have no yeah. way to stop it. So, I mean, I think he had to backpedal and say it was the law. Why wasn't it the law when you first got into office then? Yeah, because he had to do everything opposite Trump. That's why. Exactly. It's crazy. Dude. They create like, this frigging border crisis and they're like, well, no, the border's fine. It's secure. Took Elon Musk going down there and broadcasting it to all his followers to people to finally go, oh, wait a minute. CNN right. didn't tell me this. It's like this. I don't see this on CNN. Right. Fucking retards in the world. It's just unbelievable. So <laughs> sorry I'm to use that word, but you know, there's no other word to describe them at this point. Yeah, slow adult doesn't quite say it as well as retard, uh, in my mind. But uh, to 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 say that you know, I watch all CNN, NBC, and and Fox News is really the only one that gives you the left and right side of things. Yes, they sway right, of course, but they still yeah. at least tell you the other side of things. So it's like if you're watching just the other news channels, you're only getting one side of things, and you're not getting the full spectrum. And I mean, shame like full on propaganda at this point. You're not even getting right real news. And shame on people for being such sheep and just going through life being told what they should be told and paying attention to what they're being told to pay attention to like do some of your own research man uh you know when the governor of texas is saying this shit ain't working like thank god texas is armed because if it gets crazy they could just start blowing people away when it comes down to it well then you have mayor adams from new york he took a flight down you know took a trip down to the border he's trying to trying to blame texas for it's like oh blame your party's president right in the office and his whole cabal of idiots right Yorkus. i mean then they go to they go in front of congress and just blatantly lie no it's secure i don't know what you're talking about right <laughs> i mean we, it's just, it's just it, baffling it's baffling is right and it seems to be no end in sight like if he was continuing the build of the wall uh since he got in office we'd be a lot further along if he didn't cut razor wire to just let people over we'd be way yeah. better than we are now like 
those little things, okay, maybe it doesn't keep everybody out, but it keeps most out. It helps. It helps. It certainly helps. And it certainly helps to concentrate people into areas where, you know, the border patrol can apprehend more people or whatever. But, but even, even once they get apprehended, they're just let go. Let go. It's just cash and release. It's, I'm, they don't even deport anybody. It's like, oh, they're, they're going to show up for court in two years. Yeah, right. Right. I could almost guarantee that if you tried to cross China's border without going through customs, you're going to be shot right in the fucking head. You can't even cross the Canadian border without friggin' getting, you know, worked right. up, right? Worked down by those people. It's like you know, we used to cross the border in a bus. We had to get off the bus at four thirty a.m. and go through the bus with the dog. It's like it's easier to walk across the U.S. border than it is to go into Canada. It's insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I have a friend who's Australian. She has a visa. I just keep, and she has to go back on the 21st for, you know, because her visa's over. Right. And she's trying to get, a, you know, buy a business here and stuff. But anyway, so I'm just like, well, just lie down to Mexicali and just walk back across just the border. Walk. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll get yeah. a free phone, probably a free bus ride back to back to Orange County. And, you know, you'll be taken care of. <laughs> it's stupid. It, it, it's stupid, but, but it's keeping people like that out. Honest citizens from other countries that want to come over and do some good business right. in America. But it's letting all the uh, douchebags come over who want to come over illegally and don't want to be documented and don't want to be part of our system that we've uh, developed, the oldest democracy in the world. Um, mm -hmm. you, you're, you're letting over criminals and, and, and uh, like you said, it could be sleeper cells for all we know. You know, you have no idea who's coming over. Uh, so I do have somebody entering the Zoom. Right, engagement. That's, that's right. You want to talk about uh, this gentleman? Give a little intro. Oh, yeah. So my, my uh, good friend, Joe Chuteau, he was uh, around in the early days when we were public affection. Whoa. And uh, so he has lots of good stories from those old days. And he was kind of our hype man. He would go on stage before we went on and like get the crowd hyped up because, you know, we were no one knew who we were. There Very he is. Cool. There's Joe. Hello. What's up? Welcome. Uh, Hello, sir. Pleasure to meet you. It's good meeting you. Welcome to the Graces too, man. So I hear you got a lot of uh, history with Mr. Chad Gracie and uh, even before live days, public affection days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It uh, started back in the uh, Grand Floon days uh, during during high school, I guess, or junior. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, we worked with Joe and at this restaurant called Grand Falloons, you know, some of the guys in the band. So that's how we met him. Oh, wow. So some of the guys in the band were... Is that how Ed Kowalczyk was so good at the server role in Fight uh, Club <laughs> as, as he was from the Grand Falloon? Well, he, Ed, all of us worked in the kitchen. None of us were servers. Uh, so. But no, uh, I think Ed just, you know, he's a good, he can be a good actor when he tries. Sure. So, Joe, what's up, man? Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, excited, man. We've got a lot of good stories. I hope that uh, everyone else out there will enjoy them as, as much as I will probably telling them and. I'm sure it got down memory lane a little bit, you know, yeah. just memory along with, with my own. There we go. Here we go. So go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> I'm, anxious, I'm anxious to hear. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, did you, um, well, we can bounce around all over a bunch of timelines. I mean, did you ever tell them the story about the brick, the video camera? No, uh, not on this show. No, I've told some people, but yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was great. So we, we would rent a van in the early days and we drive to New York to go play CBGB's. Nice. And, you know, that's where we got signed out of. And, and Joe was with us on this 
this trip and we're going through we're leaving or going into this we were leaving the city right i thought it was coming in but maybe going yeah we were leaving i think we were going in maybe you're right but we were coming into the city and we get to the end we're going through the holland tunnel we get to the end of the holland tunnel and there's this all these guys standing around this guy comes up to the van he's like and he has this this camcorder brand new box shrink wrapped and he's like you know 200 bucks 200 bucks and so we're all like yeah so we're we're getting our money together and i think my cousin matt who was our roadie forever and still is working with the band um he he put the most in and we gave this guy 200 bucks i think it was maybe 100 or 200 bucks whatever it was and we give it to the guy and we drive off and we're like yeah we got camcorder sweet gonna record the show with that shit and then uh, we opened it up, and it's a fucking brick. Oh, <laughs> like, my <"Shit!"> God. <laughs> and 100, 200 bucks for a band starting off, that's a lot of luchi to just throw out there. That's right. That was our grand, grand for loons money, man. Yeah. Our gas money home, too. That guy was ahead of his time because I heard they're doing that with, like, iPads now. They're shrink-wrapping them up and filling them up with paperweights or some shit and returning them. It was always a scam. Always. <laughs> You know, I, I was bumming because I didn't have enough money to barely get a hot dog in New York and uh, had no money to pitch in. But I remember Matt G being like, I put the most in. That's I'm, right. I'll hold it. Like, it's mine. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, it's yours. <laughs> Needless to say, that was the last time you guys bought something off the street or? I think so. Yeah. I remember getting fake IDs in New York. We went to Times Square and got fake IDs. Times Square, yeah, that was a that was a good one. We got hassled there. Uh, I, I don't know how much we want to talk on here, but I <laughs> some guys to buy something on the corner and uh, then getting hassled pretty bad down. That's when Times Square was good, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, back in the nineties when Forty Second Street was full of hookers. That's right, the good old days. <laughs> now it's full of crime and uh, windows busting and stores being robbed, which is kind of. Yeah, right. And, and free hotel rooms for immigrants. Yeah, it's fun. Yes, I feel like I should be an immigrant and just go get a free hotel room in this. I city. saw a meme on Instagram. It was like a, a family dressed up as like with sombreros and shit on. Like, hey, go get a free hotel room in New York. Act like you're an immigrant family. It's like oh, that's okay, it. that's all you got to do. <laughs> I have no ID. I'm from fucking Colombia. I'm a refugee. Mm-hmm. I I'm sorry. I, I heard tuberculosis is running rampant up there. Oh, yeah. Now. I can believe that. Yes. I heard a, a lot, lot of those people were supposed to be tested for TB, but they don't do shit. They don't test them for anything. They just let them in, send them out. Well, yeah, Next because, you know, like, isn't the test like you get a, a click in the arm and then they got to check it like days later and probably days later, these guys are off doing whatever. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, they're not sticking around for days. They're going to wherever, right. wherever you know, Biden's sending them. Or if they're being bused to sanctuary cities, which right. uh, once New York realized that that was happening, they're like, well, wait a second here. This is not cool. I love it. Cool for Texas, but not cool for New York. Governor Hochul, like a year ago or whatever, she's like, oh, yeah, we're sanctuary city, sanctuary state. You know, all are welcome. Now she's yeah. like, no, more. right. Yeah. Okay. What else, Joe? <laughs> um, well, I, the first time that we ever uh, went up to CB's was pretty good. Um, I know a lot of that info is out of there, but I remember Ed and Taylor kind of getting in a in a squabble there in the alleyway before we even pulled out. Okay. Uh, 
before we uh, left or before? Yeah, oh. well, we, we were we were in the alley behind uh, at, at the band at the garage, you know, there. You're oh, numerous. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I remember, I remember your brother, Scotty G, coming up and saying something to Ed, like Taylor said, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's right. Whatever. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> when Ed was very, that's when Ed was very, Ed was very sensitive to whatever then. So if you said whatever to him, he got fucking pissed. Oh, my wow. Brother, I think it was my brother. It was either my brother or Matt was like, great. Or Taylor just said whatever to you. And, you, and they got, <laughs> they got in a fight. <laughs> Ed was like, I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> And, oh, yeah. that, and that was so that was the first time we went there the first time we went there we showed up and i don't you i'm assuming you, you were with us but we, the first time we went there we showed up and it was like we showed up on a sunday when they did new band day but it was punk matinee we didn't know that we, oh, wow. so we pull up to the front of cbgb's and it is fucking covered with you know skinheads and like punk rock people and black leather, leather. and shit and we're just pulling in from your pennsylvania going um we're going to get a fucking murder tonight. If this is our audience, we better play everything fast. So <laughs> like I got to play everything super fast, like punk rock. But then all those people like just disbanded. It was the matinee. And we went on, there was like three people in the place. Yeah, uh, we felt better know, because we knew we were getting killed. <laughs> yeah. I remember Dave showing up and being like, it's all right. Just calm down guys. And those guys yelling like, go the fuck back to Jersey. Like just <laughs> yeah. yelling at us. We were like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> and Dave, Dave Taylor's Chad, uh, Taylor's dad, he was with us. We had and, uh, to bring an adult yeah. to rent the van, so we always had to have an adult with us to rent the van because we were too young. Ah, uh, do, do you remember I mooned that girl out the van when we were going there to meet Taylor's dad at that McDonald's and she chased us down the road? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Funny. We want somebody from the band, or was she just mad at y'all? She was. She. Didn't like getting mooned. And I didn't realize it was pulling up <laughs> right in there. You know? oh, that's right. You mooned her and then you, we pulled in there and she's chasing That's hysterical. Yeah, that's, oh, my God. That's fucking great. <laughs> you look like you got a real white ass, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, my Irish brother. Yeah. White sure. Irish ass. <laughs> that came mm -hmm. out like a full moon for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the one time we were going up, we got caught in that traffic and we were weaving in and out of the cones and stole a cone and they pulled us into the called the oh, cops yeah. on us and i think maddie g ended up getting like a 150 dollar fine or something yeah matt matt stole the cone <laughs> matt cost himself a lot of money uh, going to new york yeah uh, apparently I, I remember we were we were leaving cb's between before you guys played and we were we were going down in times square and i made a right turn going the right way on a one way and we got pulled over Oh, yes. Yep. I remember that, too. Yep. Yeah. And Taylor, sitting in the back, you know, started popping. Can't you give us a freaking warning? And, you know, the traffic cop wasn't digging that at all. Yeah. We almost yeah. got arrested then, too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess a lot of these stories are probably really funny to us and maybe not so interesting. Oh, no, that. they're definitely interesting to the rest of us, for sure. I mean, I, I didn't hear a bunch of these. Isn't it weird, though, to go like they just expect you to know, like you can't make a right on red in New York coming from a state where you can. Or were you guys making a right down a wrong, like a wrong one way? We're going the right way. Ah, yeah. But just making a right on red. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. do they expect you to know all that without the sign being posted? Yeah, I, I never paid that, by the way. So if anybody in New York. <laughs> nice. Uh, Perfect. Well, no, don't go to New York. You'll get a boot on your car. They don't. That's right. <laughs> I can tell you for a lot of years, I drove the speed limit driving through New York. Sure. 
think statues are up now. Yeah, on that. yeah I'm, I'm probably statute of limitations on that. You're good. <laughs> yeah. See, this is this this is the stories I forget. This is why I had Joe on for these old oh. these old things. I just you know shit you forget. So Joe, would fun. you actually go up before they performed and get the crowd like into the into it and and like what does a hype man do? Yeah, that's a good question. Typically, you wing it. Um, <laughs> I I don't know who. I, maybe it was Ed or somebody was like, yeah, just go out and announce us, and then it kind of maybe started there. You know when. You know, I was fortunate enough to kind of see the whole thing go from like high school to to full on, you know, rock bands playing, yeah. you know, stadiums. Um, but typically, yeah, you just get up, just kind of, I, I don't even know, just kind of like, yo, what's, you know, just kind of bring MC up the like energy, yeah. yeah, bring up the energy. You guys ready to rock? We got this cool ass band coming up from your <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know and then uh after the show go out kind of find the cute girls you know bring them backstage kind of uh there was always yeah. that i, I <laughs> wish i had that job that was that it's it had its advantages I yeah i'm sure uh-huh. <laughs> it, uh, yeah i mean uh it, it's uh funny because you know you you hear of live you know just kind of like what they're singing about and stuff you think they're just kind of like um no partying going on in the band so it's cool to hear that there was some fun in the early days and you guys were macking it to the ladies and some debauchery was going on yeah um and and you know the band kind of got got on the right trajectory i mean i remember with uh like at see at um uh, the chameleon, excuse me, in Lancaster, you know, being able to open up those guys, opening up for a lot of great bands, you know, the Pixies, um, yeah. you know, hang, I don't favorite. even think I went out and watched them play when we were hanging out with the Pixies. I mean, Kim and Frank were, were pretty gnarly people to be around at, at that time, you know. Um, Scenic River Days, music festivals. Um, Chad, oh, you remember yeah, we ended good. up on Dance Party? We ended up on Dance Party? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. What was that? Oh my God! See, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, so the, the the band. You guys tell me, to shut up, whatever. But uh, no, no, keep going. It's great. So the band was playing. You guys were playing uh, Scenic River Days up there in yeah, Reading. Reading, right? Yeah. Okay. And they had a big tent off to the side there, and they were filming an episode of Dance Party. No shit. Like teen. Yeah. So just, just, I'm not going to give my age here, but I don't know if I know. Was this a show on TV? Yeah, like back in, I, I, like obviously in the 90s. I mean, gosh, this was early 90s, 89, yeah. 90, somewhere yeah. in there. And, uh, and, and I just remember, I, I know Matt G was there. It was me. I thought all of us walked in. I remember Pat being there, I'm pretty sure. But so we end up in this crowd of, you, you know, in the tent, and the, the dancers, dancers are up on stage and, uh, Somebody was like, who wants to dance with Princess or something? We're all young. Next thing I know, they're grabbing me and pulling me up on on stage dancing. (laughs) Go, Joe. Do you get to see yourself on TV? I totally forget. No, but it's funny. Like a a week or two later, sometime later, my sister calls me. She's like, are you on dance party? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Hell yeah. The, uh, but yeah, the river days, they were good. I mean, yes, it was just kind of neat to like, I mean, there's a million stories. I used to have a video camera. So I was filming a lot of stuff too back in the day. Nice. Um, and uh, 
able to use some of that, you know, in the New Year's Eve um, show that they did a couple years ago. And Chad, oh, yeah, when we came back together, we had we used some of his footage in 2000, what was it New Year's Eve 2016 when we yes uh, played played for the first time here in York, and we used some of Joe's footage from that. From his, I was there, Valencia, or was yeah, it? the Valencia. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. What, what was funny? I forgot I'd even had it, and then. Somehow, I think during the construction at 210, we ran into each other because I hadn't seen you guys in a long time. Yeah. And uh, and then it popped. I remember reaching out to you. I was like, hey, man, I got all this footage. And I didn't know that you guys were already talking to Ed, like, you know, kind of behind we're, the scenes. We we're keeping it on the DL at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So it showed up. We burned a couple copies. And uh, yeah, you have to show uh, show some of that to John. I don't know if you still if not, I still have it somewhere. Dude, that is like yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have it, and Chad may have taken it when he moved out of here. So you know, he might be in his archives. I don't. I'm not sure. But yeah, that needs to come out and see the light, man. Exactly. Yeah, there's some really early chameleon clips. Nice. Uh, I think maybe even some big city. Uh, Right, guys. (laughs) Hey, it happened. (laughs) Sorry about that. The The beauty of being live. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, we had a, we had a lot of good things. I don't know if a lot of people know that uh, Chad Gracie's a pretty good rock climber. Oh yeah, uh, well I used to be. I haven't done it for years and years, but yeah, I was pretty into it in the late eighties, early nineties. No solo free climbing, right? No, without a no. Rock. No. Oh my god, not so, not like Alex and old. No, that guy is friggin' nuts, dude. That guy's nuts. But did you watch this thing? It's on Netflix now. It's called like something summit rage of summit or something and it, it starts off with this yuli sec guy and uh he's free climbing breaking records and stuff like that and then he dies like in 2016 uh because right. he went like a little too nutty uh and alex honold is on it just saying like what a great freaking guy he was and i don't understand that dude like just use a rope, you know, like what, what, what's the problem with, uh, you know, you're breaking records, but also you go too far, you're going to die. That's it. Yeah. I was, I would never even contemplate that, but yeah, I used, I only really did top roping, which is, you know, you have a 180 foot long rope and you can basically climb 90 feet max. So we would Ah. do that kind of stuff. And then there's lead climbing, which is where you use a rope and you put in protection as you go up and you can go up 180 feet and then your, your belayer, follows you up, takes all the stuff out and you continue a pitch. So yeah, that's how you can do multi-pitches. Right. But like, uh, I didn't, I never got into that. That was too high for me. I was good with not about 90 feet. <laughs> Dude, if you have one second of holy fuck, I am up really high right now. Like I- I've gotten that just like being on roofs and stuff. So if you get that up there, like Jesus Christmas, that's like the end all of. Oh yeah. Game. If you're in a multi-pitch climb and you, know, you freak out, yeah, you're, pretty fucked you can't get i mean you gotta to have rescue all the steel yeah there was a there's a place i used to climb the most was called chickie's rock over here by by the susquehanna river in lancaster side and um <clears throat> one day i was over there with my buddy eric miller i don't know joe if you were there or not but we there were people climbing some some guys set up we had our 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 uh route set up when we were doing it and climbing these guys set up beside us and one guy started going up the rock and the other guy who was his belayer was just not even watching him and like not even oh, holding on to him. And we're just like, Hey, uh, 
might want to stop where you are because we had to tell this guy how to how to belay this guy. Wow. Because he was basically not even attached. So if the guy fell, he would have been fucking, you know, he would have died or been really hurt. Holy but shit. But it was like it was a while to watch these guys set up and then and then the guy starts climbing and the other dude has no idea what he's doing. I'm like, you just <laughs> left your life in this guy's hands and that's crazy to do or had any idea that they knew what didn't know what to do. So probably neither of them really knew what to do. Otherwise, the guy climbing would be like, yo, you want to start doing your job? Well, the, the guy climbing set up the rig and like seemed to seem to tie the knots and be all ready to go. But the, whatever. It was, it was strange. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, when you're doing something like that, you got to really know who your partner is even more than a sexual partner, I think, because. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 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 At least you got some protection when you're uh, don't know your sexual partner. but. Uh, there, my God, one false move. And, uh, that could be it. Yeah. That dude, that dude, Yuli fell a thousand meters. I don't know what meters are compared to feet or inches. It's about 3000 feet. It's enough. Holy <laughs> shit. 3000 yeah. feet. Roughly. It's about three to one, basically. Uh, I, I oh, remember, remember the first time we, one of the, probably the first times we, I, cause I got out of it, man. It was, it was too much anxiety for me, but I remember one of the, First times we went up to Chickies, I think it was me, you, and Butch. And we just free climbed up, not knowing anything. You know? <laughs> yeah. And get up there to the top. And I obviously we probably took that one route there kind of off to the to the right there. I kind of remember. And I remember somebody up top being like, hey, you guys are pretty good, man. How long have you been climbing? We're like one day. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't do that too much. <laughs> yeah, like I said, people don't know what they don't know, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, where you at now, Joe? You in uh, what part of the world? I am. Uh, I'm in York, Pennsylvania. Oh, cool. Uh, cool. Yeah, currently in my office, uh, running a little business here, doing street cleaning, paving, sweeping, construction sweeping. I see blueprints behind you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, it's part of the office. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is are those are you building some or are those just for like your street routes and all that goodness? Uh, typically, that was probably parking lot layout. And they're they're actually a little bit older. Some previous jobs that we have done just totally gotcha. the you know, plans in case we ever have to come back. You know. So you've known these gentlemen since public affection days, even before even before live. Well, was around 87, 87, 88 when we met. Yeah, we. Uh, it was a grand there. I remember. Uh, if you remember Amy, Amy Hopwood, uh, she got me oh, yeah. there yeah. and, uh, you know, public affection back then was this mystical band that, you know, played the temple, uh, you know, the temple dance and I'd heard of them and, uh, and, uh, ended up getting a job there working, probably doing dishes, I think was my first job. And I, mm -hmm. at that time it was just you and Ed working there. Right. Uh, yeah. I would work the front. I would cook and yeah. And, and I was, yeah. Like. And I was doing the dishes and we all kind of hit it off. And I remember I had to take my car uh, down to Volkswagen and you offered to give me a ride. And, and Chad and I hit it off really well, kind of outside of work. Um, That's when you had the Fox, right? Then I had the Fox after that. Yeah. Volkswagen Fox. <laughs> Volkswagen Fox. And I never even heard of that. I've heard of a rabbit, I think, but not a Fox. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was like a four door, not hatchback. It was like a four door kind of sedan. Ah. It was, was it four door or two door? Yeah, four door. I think it was more like an economy Jetta, you know. Yes, exactly. Yes. Down. Yeah. And uh yeah, we were all into the Volkswagens back in the day, but, man. 
But then Joe, he moved into a house like right beside Grand Falloons, right, right beside the parking lot of Grand Falloons. So <laughs> we'd go in the basement and open up the doors and fucking just load out cases of beer into his place and yeah. go there after and go there after and fucking just party. Well, that's that's yeah, the move right there. I want to say Taylor and Gracie were on that original rental application. Were we? Okay. I know. I know Taylor definitely was, and I'm, I think that I don't know if you were, but I know Matt was. Oh, um, Matt. Okay, when I say yeah, Gracie, yeah. I should I clarify. Yeah. Um, so that was the party house. It, it oh, was yeah. funny, yeah, because we used to have uh, like back then it, it was the guys in the band and kind of Matt Gracie, myself, like guys kind of our age were in one circle, and then the little brothers, you know, like Scott, Pete, and all those guys were. We're Adam, you know, we're kind of in their own little circle and we kind of crossed and um Yeah, Scott's my brother and Pete is Matt Gracie's brother and Adam is of course Ed's brother. Yeah. Just for clarity. Yeah, sorry. But it oh, sorry. there came a time where we used to uh we get strippers in to pay the rent. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, you'd have gambling nights and you do strippers. <laughs> Dude, how would charge at the door? Yeah. And then the the younger guys would be all like on the shoulders trying to look in the window. <laughs> I'm just imagining York strippers. They don't seem as hot as they should be. Am I wrong? Or am I right here? I think that's that's a pretty fair statement. You know, not all <laughs> of them, but um, but they were they were nice girls. You know, sure treated me well. They worked oh. at Harley Davidson and Caterpillar <laughs> in a day and stripped for you at night. That's right. You know, you, with with Harley having third shift, a couple of these bars would have strippers at seven in the morning. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I went to um, when I went out to visit the studio. I just looked for a spot at night to like just go in and drink. And it was this. I don't. I, I think it was in New York because I don't think I really ventured much out of the town. But it's this old school bar where people are still smoking cigarettes in the bar. I'm like, where did I just fucking walk into? Nineteen seventy four. Oh, was that part of the White Rose Stooges? So where you went? I really don't remember the name. I think of the that's place. kind of the only smoking bar in York. Probably that. Probably. Maybe and Jackie B's, but I don't know. I probably didn't go there. Were you in downtown? Uh yeah, it was it was wasn't too far from the studio. Okay, yeah, it was probably Stooges and it's part of White Rose. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. I felt like I walked back into like the uh 80s and 90s. But I was yeah. cool. I was like, this is how bars should be, you know, like go in there, get cancer, and uh go about your day. Yeah, leave the bar stinking. Yeah, oh cigarette smoke. God, even even when I smoked, I didn't like walking into a smoky filled room. You know, like I was like a clean smoker. I wouldn't smoke in my car or my house. It was outside. I would wash my hands. I was kind of a gay smoker, so to speak. I remember my parents used to have, like, when I was my brother and I were, you know, eight, nine, ten, twelve. They would have party nights with like poker and like all their couple friends would come over. Everybody smoked, and the whole fucking house would just be like this haze of smoke. You could barely see through it. It was like, oh, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ, it's nuts. My, my grandparents, uh, you know, because all their kids smoked, and they had like six to eight kids. I don't even remember how many, but um, they would all go to the house, and then, you know, they would paint the walls every couple of years, and you would see the nicotine dripping from the top of the walls. And I'm like, yeah. as a kid, I'm like, this can't be good. And this is right. before like surgeon general warnings. Like I had enough like wherewithal <laughs> to be like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Uh, doesn't but, seem uh, well. Yeah. It doesn't seem cool. Yeah. 
but those were the days, right? When no car seats, no seat belts, people are smoking, drinking and driving. Like what happened? We became communists. We're no longer American now. <laughs> well, even, even going back to the band, I mean, could you imagine just letting your 18 year old kid jump in a rental van and drive to freaking CBGBs? Right. You know, I mean, yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird. You look at, like, I see an 18 year old now. I'm like, that's a little kid. But when I was 18, I felt like a full fledged adult, you know, but it's yes. like, it's a weird perspective. I think in a lot of ways there are kids now, just kids. Yeah. Seems they're not maturing. Like we did for some reason. It's probably yeah. because we've come so lax a society where we're not allowing people to smoke indoors we're not allowing the old drinking and driving like we've just become i was watching something the other day when they were like doing the smoking law and these people were like uh yeah we're becoming communists you know like oh we, i saw that video too it's hilarious <laughs> yeah dude that's hysterical man yeah. like i kind of get what they're saying but like i i also understand like from an employee's point of view like you don't want to go to work and have to breathe this shit in but mm -hmm. in a way it is like yeah there's a freedom taken away from you and then, like, for us, like, with my business, I mean, it, it's even a law, you know, and I'm sure Chad knows there is different, you know, real estate ventures and stuff like, you can't, it's a plain air act, you know, OSHA comes in, so try to have designated smoking areas, and uh, I think a lot of it, too, with employers is, is health coverage, um, you know, if they have, you know, non-smokers or smoking not allowed, you know, maybe they'll get a break on, on you know, their health coverage for their employees, but. That makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. we know how bad it is for people for sure. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, you make the decision to go into that establishment. So if some establishments said, Hey, we have smoking, some say we don't, then those would be the deciding factors on where you're going to work, where you're going to go. It almost seems like it should be a choice rather than a law not to, you know? Great. You know, I, I remember being over in Europe, like over in Ireland years ago. And of course, no smoking in any of the pubs there, you know, ah. that that'll never fly in America. And it wasn't long after that had happened. Yeah. Right. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought that they would pass that because everybody and their mother was a smoker back in the day, even though they kind of knew what the writing on the wall was. I mean, any, anything you take into your lungs can't be beneficial unless it's, uh, I don't know, like an asthma inhaler or something. Did, did you guys ever see the, when they were passing laws about drinking and driving back in the seventies, the old footages where they're talking about drinking and driving and they're interviewing people and the guy's like, well, what's wrong if I want to drink a beer on the way after on the way home after a hard day? Yes. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's so foreign now. You, you know what I mean? It's, I remember my dad used to do that. He, I ride and take up truck beside him, the passenger seat when I was too young and, he had a beer between his legs, just driving, smoking, drinking. It was normal. It was like, yeah. normal. Whatever. And then I think it was mad mothers against drunk drivers that just went nuts with it. And I, I completely get it. Um, you know, you are not a hundred percent when you are drunk driving, but I'm going to be completely honest. If I'm blowing 0 0.08, I am well, uh, I'm very good to drive. I'm not even buzzed in the slightest you know what i'm saying like i think they went a little too low with their threshold uh in my eyes um because 0 0.08 to me is like two beers and i'm not drunk or you know going crazy on two beers i could drive perfectly normal so so with 
with my business, my sweeper trucks, they're uh, class B CDL, like 90% of them are. So if you have your CDL, which is commercial driver's license, your limit is 0.04. Wow. Now, I understand if you're driving your work vehicle or whatever, sure. but that 0.04 carries into your personal life. So realistically, wow. like you said, you could stop, you know, on the way home, have dinner with your wife or whatever, have one glass of wine and potentially be screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't, isn't real cool. No, we don't want people bouncing off cars while they're driving home and barely able to see, but we also don't want somebody who stopped to have a glass of wine with their meal getting fucked for life. And then all of a sudden losing their job and not being able to support their family all because you made a 0.04. My God. That's probably a half a glass of wine uh, in all reality. It could, um, could be. Yeah. And like I said, not advocating drinking and driving whatsoever. No, 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 no. Right. But, Definitely not. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I do advocate drugging and driving, though. If you want to, <laughs> if you, you want to, uh, you know, hit the crack pipe and go for a ride, by all means, ladies and gentlemen, do that. Just don't ride through my neighborhood. <laughs> yes. Yes. Stay away from mine, too. Yeah. There should be neighborhoods where it's allowed. Like they should do a social experiment and see, like, you know, have like parts of New York where it's like, it's legal here. Let's see exactly how many accidents happen. It's illegal here. Let's see how many accidents happen and really yeah. weigh the weight of, uh, of it all. Okay. Because so you, you would want to do real time human trials. Huh? Is that what you're yes, doing? sir. Got yes, it, sir. It. The only Got way real time human trials. <laughs> well, because listen, I'm being serious now. If I want to smoke a joint, and drive i become the best driver in the world i am following the speed limit i'm focused on what i'm doing I i'm actually a better driver than if i'm sober and i'm fucking raging through the you know parkway <laughs> trying to get to where i'm going then i'm then it's like it's an issue but if i take a little toke off of something and go for a ride i'm doing the speed limit i'm using my blinkers i'm i'm, I'm a lot cooler of a driver than i am on a normal basis <laughs> when the problem is they don't have any they don't have a way to detect if you smoked five minutes ago or five days ago True. that i know of true um supposedly they're coming up with cheek swabs but i don't know how accurate they are well yeah we all know how accurate those covid swabs were so exactly there <laughs> <laughs> we go speaking, <laughs> speaking of human trials yeah yeah <laughs> What a uh, what a mass. I mean, it could have been a mass engineered fucking leak from a lab that, uh, you know, they were just experimenting. Let's see what happens if another pandemic hit the uh, world, because what was the one before? It was like 100 years before uh, some kind of. Oh, you're talking about Spanish flu, Spanish flu. Yeah. Yeah. Which... 1912. 1912. I don't know. Google that. Put the fact check. I think it was 17 or 8. Yeah, 1912. There you go. Okay. I thought it was during World War II. I mean, World War I. Uh, well, I think it ended World War One, right? That makes sense. Yeah. The, you're thinking of the War of 1812. Wasn't there a War of 1812 that, for some reason, sticks into my brain? That the name? Was. Yeah. Was. Was. Yeah. But I thought 19. Some. That's when the Star Spangled Banner was written. Oh, say. That's Fort McHenry uh, down in Baltimore. Hey, God bless. That's a that's a great song. Our our national anthem, soda, or it is actually. Uh, does anybody know any other country's national anthem? Every time I watch the Olympics, I'm like, that's their song. That's a weird song. Yeah, I don't know. 
<laughs> Russia. Hey, uh, I knew I was uh, going back to Ireland. We were there one time and uh, they closed the doors at like two o'clock in the morning and called a lock in and you could just stay there and drink as long as you want. But the bands that are typically playing in the local bars, at least in that town anyway, always ended the, their set at the end of the night uh, with the Irish national anthem. I had no idea what it was. Everybody's oh, wow. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Pretty neat. Um, yeah. I mean, to have that much pride, I mean, that's cool to have that much pride for your country. That's yeah. no, racist now. It is. It is. Very true. Very true. Everything's racist now. I mean, well, you know, everything's opposite. Exactly. What's up is down. What's down is up. Like we were saying, the Democrats want war in Ukraine and uh, the, the Republicans are the ones saying, well, wait a second here. How much are we spending on this war? It's a, it's obsessive to me. I mean, the fact that we were in Afghanistan for almost 20 years and spent $75 billion and we're not even in Ukraine technically, and we spent at least $84 billion is absurd to me in less than well, a year. We're well over $100 billion in Ukraine for sure. I'm trying to use like numbers that people won't be like, oh, he's inflating because there's a lot of fucking morons out there that don't pay attention. So I'm just... Kind of using basic numbers here, but oh, yeah, I'm not worried about it. It's over a hundred billion dollars. So over a <laughs> hundred billion in less than a year. My yeah. God, where do we get that money? But we don't have money for Hawaii. We don't have money for like the people starving in America. We don't have money to build a fucking wall. Like, but we have that much money to throw out to Ukraine. Yep. Well, it's all good? laundered back through the industrial you know, military industrial complex and they're all getting kickbacks. That's conspiracy theory, though, but just follow the money. Follow the money, people. So what's what's going on now? So Biden sold the leftover material from Trump's wall for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And now right. Biden's saying that he's going to build another 20 miles or, or whatever of right. wall. Yep. So what's the net loss on that going to be for the taxpayers? Yeah, exactly. You know, the net loss, like you said, in dollars, what is it? But what is the net loss in American lives and resources from all the people they just let over without fucking checking? I mean, what's the net loss there? Oh, you know? it's, a, it's immeasurable, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Does anyone, did anyone else think that was funny? I got an emergency test on my phone last yeah. week. Did you guys get that? Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. They, they widely announced they were doing that as a massive test. Right. No, and yeah. I, I agree. But now all of a sudden... We're at war again. Well, we're not, but there's a war going on, yet they didn't have any intelligence on that. I know it's a little bit conspiracy, but. Well, we were saying, I was saying that earlier, Joe, that, you know, the Mossad completely missed this fucking whole thing. Like, that's, right. that's their one, number one job. And they missed this whole thing. They, people paraglided in, they freaking, right. you know, broke holes in the wall and en masse just came in after following, firing 5,000 rockets. Where the fuck did they all come from? Right. right. And, and how did I hear the, this chatter going on while they were planning it? Yeah. Right. So that's in that that's that I don't agree with what happened and I'm I'm standing with Israel, but like it's I I just that's fishy to me that Mossad had no idea and they just there there's just a complete surprise. It just doesn't make sense. Same, same I stand with Israel, but just to look at what Palestine looks like today, like they are literally bombing it to the ground and then sending in ground troops right after. I mean Oh yeah. I get it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? After 9-11, I wanted to fuck the world up. You know what I'm saying? After we were attacked. So I, I could only imagine what Israel feels. But, you know, when you look at it from an outside point of view, it's like people are, you know, 
it's just crazy the amount of loss and devastation going on you know over there it's just it sucks all the way around yeah I, i'm afraid it's going to be a little bit of a can of worms here the, the middle east is so complex and I'd, I'd heard today on the radio there that they had found a bunch of babies killed uh mm -hmm. little babies ripped out of women's stomachs with the umbilical cord still attached i mean some of them beheaded I, yep yeah this too I don't know how, like, and I'm with Israel. I know that, that there's probably some type of point of view that Palestine has, not the terrorists or, or anything, but just with their country and stuff. I don't know enough to comment on it. But how do you tell Israel to lay down, you know, or to to, to stand down with that? I mean, I, I can I, see why they're doing what they're doing. If what we're hearing is true, which I'm assuming. Right. Well, again, I'm dumb, but I think what it really comes down to is that the Israelites are saying that, you know, like this land was theirs. And then for so long it wasn't. And then at some point, I think America actually gave them back that land and said, Israel is yours. So I think the Palestinians are like, well, that came out of nowhere because for hundreds of years it was ours, you know, and then you just set up this state and say it's theirs. Uh, I, I think again, I don't I'm not 100 percent deep into what the fuck is going on outside of my own little realm. But uh, just from bits and pieces of what I'm hearing, like just imagine New Jersey all of a sudden was given to somebody else and is no longer America's. But it's this other country inside of our country. Uh, we'd probably be a little perturbed and try to get that back sometime as well. Chad, has the band ever played? In any of those countries, like hopefully not like Dubai or something. I mean, like no. you know, what I mean, I didn't know like some of the American-friendly countries, like Dubai. No, never, never went to the Middle East anywhere over there. To see what Dubai's done, like they were showing like uh, pictures from like twenty years ago to now, like the massive amount of buildup that they've done. It's like a real tourist-centric uh, spot. Well, they, they've they've heavily invested in that because you know oil's going to run out someday. So sure. They got to switch their economies, which is Saudi Arabia is doing now, building the line and all their all their gigantic construction projects they're doing there. What do you guys think? The these, end of oil. What do you guys think about these cities that they're building? Well, they're like five mile long buildings, and like it's a city within a building. Have you heard of this? You talking about the line? Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's wild. It's dope. And they're actually at first when they first announced, they were like, "I'll never build this." <laughs> right. <laughs> they walk through. Bill Hines walking through. Yeah. How's, how's uh, Bill doing these days? He's good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Bill? <laughs> how's, uh, how's How's George doing? I talked to George the other day. Oh, did you call him? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's he's, he's going to get out of rehab on thursday and go live with his sister for a bit um up in new york for about another i think two or three weeks and then he's like after that two or three weeks he's good to go he's a, can function on his own ready yeah. to rock and roll after after that crazy episode yeah thank you so does anybody know the story about senior week and uh <laughs> i don't know if i told the story about senior week <laughs> oh boy <laughs> That's a, I mean, I've told some people, but not on here, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. That's uh, a good one. The, is that the, oh, now I'm talking about when the room got destroyed and yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's the only know, one. Uh, so our senior year, obviously everyone around here would go to 
Ocean City, Maryland. Everyone from York, the York area goes there for some reason. I don't know why. Just what you do. So yep. we were, we and, and you know, every, after everyone graduated, there was a week dubbed Senior Week in Ocean City. And you go down there and just fucking go crazy. And so we rented this place. It was the four of us in the band, a couple other guys. But Joe, were you in that room too? No, we. I was down kind of with you guys, but not not in okay. that room. I think I ended up taking you guys home, though. You probably did, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think was, I think B. Markle was with us. Oh, God rest. Yeah. yeah. I think he was in there. Oh, and then the chat or live days? Well, this is 89. So, I mean, yeah, we had the band. We were still public affection at that yep. point um when we graduated so yeah we 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 go down there we're, we're we rent this one it's like a a one bedroom like you know little condo thing it's like we had like five six guys in there something like that i forget what it was yes. um and so we're, we're partying the whole week and one night people got fucking rowdy i wasn't there we i was somewhere trying to get laid probably and then uh <laughs> come back and and uh, like the fucking doors busted in, the walls are all fucking oh, no. jacked up. The ceiling is fucking broken. Like all this crazy shit went down. We're like, what the fuck? And I think most of us that weren't that were actually renting the room weren't there when it happened. When all this shit happened, of course. Otherwise, one of you have been like, yo, chill the fuck yeah. out. And so, so at first we were like, oh, this is fucking funny, ha huh? So we'll just, you know, so it was kind of like almost like the last day. So that we we pack up our shit and we just roll home, right? But by the time we reached York, Your we're car. met at the door Ooh. by our parents. I think we went to Chad's house first, my house, or Chad's, and we're met met at the door by all of our parents, and they are fucking pissed off. I mean, we're like, hi. So like apparently the state police had an APB out for us and like um, we were almost arrested if we would have got pulled over. Wow. But, uh, so we get home, we're getting shit beat out of us by our parents, like basically. And and uh, the lady that owned the place wanted to charge us and, you know, take us to court and all this stuff. And so aye, aye, aye. our parents ended up negotiating with her right. that my father was a carpenter and Matt Gracie's father. My my uncle Tom was a carpenter as well. And so uh Chad Taylor's stepdad came with this and we took the and Patrick's father actually came. So we all we took so on Father's Day. Oh God. Of, of June of 89, we 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 take all the dads down to fucking and they're all pissed, dude. They're so we're driving down there and they're all fucking pissed in the car. It's four right. hours, you know. And so we get there and we get to the place and we're like they've negotiated that they're going to rehab the place make it good as new better than it was before they put up fix the drywall on the doors and all this shit we get down there and we ended up having to pay for it out of you know band money or whatever we were using at that time and um so we get there and, we, and the dads are all pissed like i said and we, they, we open the door and the, and the dads walk in and they're looking around and they just start busting up laughing. Awful. All of them are just like uh, laughing, looking around like, oh, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. And so we so we start laughing. So it ended up being a fucking great Father's Day where we all worked on this room, got it put back together. And they were fucking joking with us. But, you know, of course, in front of the moms, they had to be pissed. <laughs> right, right, right. But, uh, could- but it was it was it was cool. I mean, it was. It was hilarious when they walked in and started laughing their asses off. We were just right. like, what? We're all looking at each other like, why are they laughing? 
oh my god they're like yeah we did something like this when we were your age right your dad's <laughs> realized hey they're just boys having blown off some steam it's yeah like they were you know killing people mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't even recorded their first album yet. They're trash in hotel rooms. That's right. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we had we had some cassettes of. I think no, we did we did record a death of addiction. Death of dictionary. Oh, was that out by then? I don't remember. Well, I don't know if we that. put it out yet, but we had recordings of because we had recorded it before we graduated. So, uh, I still have mine somewhere. Wow. Well, actually, I do know where it is. I used to have a bunch of T-shirts because I would help sell merch and sell tapes, and right? That kind of stuff too, and um. He was a man of many hats. <laughs> I was just there for the fun, but uh, but it <laughs> yeah, was crazy. Be along for the ride is cool. Yeah, you know that, and that was cool. I was, we we had a lot of fun back then. I mean, just because it was new to obviously, I wasn't in the band. I was just kind of a hang around guy. But it was it was a new experience for me, new experience for them, and and it it was just crazy. I mean. Or being at CBGB's and Joey Ramone sitting there, you know. Wow. Yeah. Shit, mm-hmm. like. Wow. Joey Ramone came to see us, and I think uh, Debbie Harry came to see us. Blondie and. Yeah, man. And uh, you know, our the the guy who ended up signing us named Gary Kerfurst, and he had a he was a legendary manager, and he had a a joint venture record label with MCA Universal at the time. And so he signed us, but he 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 managed the Ramones, the Talking Heads. Blondie, wow. James Addiction at one point. Uh, wow. I mean, so he, you know, this guy was tied into the New York music scene. Well, I heard that you guys were so tight in concert because technically you didn't see many concerts as kids. So, like, you thought, like, you had to be as good as, like, you know, the album. So that's why you guys were so phenomenal in concert. Is there any truth to that? It is true we didn't see a lot of shows because, you know, we're in New York, so there's not a lot of people play here, but I don't know if that that was because of that that we we just wanted to be the best band we could though. So. Yeah. And we felt like you know, playing what you play on the record was very important. Sure. That's that's how we went about it and we just and then we ended up naming ourselves live so we had you no know, we had to live up to that too. Dude, you look at uh <laughs> Ed from back then like the way he's walking across the stage. I feel like he took some moves from Hitler or something. He was like walking across like uh like some crazy German or something. Really? <laughs> Yeah, he was just like he had like a lot of anger to him. It's it almost reminds me of like no, I don't know what Hitler's saying whenever he's saying something, but uh he seems to have that march and that like angry tone in his voice. Because mm. if you listen to like live stuff from Mental Julia, like he was really graspy voice. Like it, it's not like the Ed of today, really. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he would say he didn't really know how to sing at that point. That was just him faking it. You know. Wow. But as he got older, he figured out how to control his diaphragm and, you know, you know, yeah, the difference properly, but yeah. Yeah. The, uh, just the vocal range from mental jewelry to throwing copper, you know, not that it sounds like different people, but there's just a lot more range there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Singing, singing lessons and being able to use your diaphragm properly and support your. I still don't understand how people use the diaphragm. Like I sing, it's all throat. I have no idea where it's coming from. You know, I'm singing in the shower, so. (laughs) Not fronting a band, yeah. So Joe, when did did you stop being a hype man or like when did they, you know, kind of outgrow Joe? Throw throw me to the curb. No, uh, I want to say it was the MTV tour. Ah. Uh, um oh the big yeah that was our first big nation, nationwide tour nationwide tour it, yeah 
Um, and it, it was tough because, uh, you know, it's like at that time, I, I mean, I had an apartment, I was working construction, you know, and when these guys started playing and, you know, doing these little kind of mini tours and stuff, it was just, I couldn't do it. You right. Know? But that, that was the one I kind of remember being like, damn, like, that was with Johnny Rotten like, and, and you know, Public Image Limited at that time was his band, and then BAD, Big Audio Dynamite, Mick Jones, and that was a crazy first tour to do as a band, like a first nationwide tour. It was like, and the opening was Blind Melon, so it was Blind Melon, us, wow, and uh, Blind Melon, uh, Chris Christopher Thorne is from Dover, so we had a connection there. Nice, and then you know, of course, you got to watch Johnny Lydon every night play, and then fucking Mick Jones from the Clash was like wow what the fuck is this how do we end up on this thing but the uh the drummer who was playing with see with pil big audio diamond i can't remember now oh no it was pil the drummer was playing with pil was mike joyce from the smiths i was really wow. a big smiths fan so we got to hang out with him and um but there, there was some you know crazy he, he he would try to lure us into rooms as oh, young yeah. boys and that was not cool but anyway it was cool to have to uh Chad, who um who have you met that was like your biggest like aha moment? Like, oh my god, I'm in the room with so and so. Was it? Is there anybody that comes to mind? Um, because you've seen well, guys from U two. I mean, I, I huge U two fan. Yeah, but the only guy I have not met from U two is of course Larry, the drummer. Oh so, my god! I mean, I've been in a room with Bono. I've met the Edge and Adam a couple times. In fact, went to see them in '91. Or not? No, ninety-two or ninety-three. They were doing. I forget which tour it was, but we we had established ourselves. But so we bought tickets and or we got tickets, and then while we were sitting in our seats, the security guard came out and got us. Hey, you know, they wow. bring you backstage. Went, okay. Yeah. So went back and in that moment, do you do you feel like um you know like we're not worthy, or you're like yeah I belong here? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was like, oh, they want to oh. They know who we are and they invited wow. us backstage. That's fucking cool. So it ended up being Adam and the Edge, but you know, which is great. It was fucking cool, cool to talk to them. Hell yeah. They were fans. Um, and then what happened was so later, like around 94, we were starting to, you know, throwing coppers are starting to pop and we were doing headlines, starting to do headline stuff. And we were offered a headline theater tour. But at the same time, we were offered an opening slot for U2. Oh my God. So that was a hard choice. Yeah. But uh, because we were more focused on our, you know, being a headline band ourselves. Right. We, we decided to do the theater tour. Well, do you think like, because I feel like opening up for you too, like you're bo both of your music fits so well together. That could have been a big fan grab for you guys. Um, it would have been a good thing. Yes, absolutely. But we all made the decision that we wanted to do our headline theater tour. We thought sure. that would be better for our career at that point. Um, but though cut to, 2022 and now i have uh, this friend uh brian who is a business partner with jerry harrison from the talking heads who produced a bunch of our records right. of and uh and they it's, it's great to see stop making sense back in theaters by the way and and the and the band sort of back together at least all four of them in a room that was yeah, cool to see for sure um if they could get David to do a tour, that'd be freaking amazing. But anyway, so they were having, so Jerry and Brian were having dinner somehow with Larry Mullins. Oh, wow. And so Brian's like, Hey, you know, I've 
know the, the guys in live and I know that Chad Gracie is a big fan of yours. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember those guys. They wouldn't open for us. He's still fucking pissed about uh, it. But, <laughs> oh, damn it. No. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's the one guy I want to meet. Right. He's still, because Larry, Larry, Larry runs that band and he fucking would pick all the openers. And we, we were one of the very few bands that say no. Wow, dude. So he remembers us. So I'm like, God what damn a it. fuck up. Uh, so sorry. Yeah. I know. Someday if I meet him, I'll have to apologize. Yeah, him. for sure. So sorry, uh, Mr. Mr. Mullins. So sorry. When was it that you guys did the Jane's Addiction tour where you actually did like a full acoustic set before they came on? And I think you guys called it you were the lube to the sex act. <laughs> yeah. Did we call it that? Yeah. That was so. in 2000 through two or three, somewhere in there. That was killer, man. We you were asked to open for them and we we're like, yeah, we'll go do it. And so we get on. So we, so we, the first few shows we did full electric. But oh. like they would cut the lights down to like a quarter and they would cut the fucking sound in half. And like, so yeah. it was like we weren't translating because, and I don't know if it was the band doing that or the production, you know, who knows? It's been something, yeah. So we were like, well, fuck this. We're going to go like full anti rock show now. And so we went out and bought like fucking, and it, I think it was Ed or Chad's idea, whatever. We went out and bought like, antique furniture and like fucking coveralls and we were yep. like okay we're just gonna do fucking acoustic now dude it was and let, yeah. and yeah i mean it worked it was yeah. like it was like you know we'll, we'll anti since we can't have full you know full pa and full lights we'll just go fucking anti and do acoustic makes it sense worked. yeah it totally no. worked i mean i think this was you know not far or maybe a year or two after 9 11 but Ed wrapped himself in like American flag and was singing overcome and shit. Like it was just powerful. Yeah. Um, he, we did that in Madison square garden or he did that in Madison square garden. That was, that was like fucking huge. Yeah. Huge. Went over very well. <laughs> Went over very well. I mean, and, and, but what a way to kind of come back because I mean, you guys are going to kill it just as much as Jane's addiction. So yeah, you probably would have stole a lot of fans going full electric. So to do that switch yeah. like that, was you know smart on on both ends because it was like all right so let me show you what we could do musically here chill and acoustic and then let these guys come out and like close the show rock it out yeah i mean they had you know obviously full production they had dancers oh and like, like yeah. strippers and shit it was, it was a great show i mean it was and i'm a fan so it was fucking cool to watch but on the other hand i'm like why can't we have fucking full PA? Like, what are you right. scared of? Like, you're right. a fucking great band. You're not going to, we're not going to take anything away from you by having the same, same PA or, you know, whatever. You never know, good. dude. I mean, you guys in concert were just, there's not many people I've got. I'm going to, I don't think I've seen a band better than you guys when you guys are at your best, to be honest. And I've seen a lot of fucking bands in concert. I, I, I lived, um, you know, at concerts for like my 20s and 30s. But yeah. uh, you guys just I always took great pride in it. I mean, yeah, we, we, when, when we go on stage as a unit back in those days, it was like, we're going out there to fucking kill. Like we're going to do this. Rock on. Taking, taking no enemies. Absolutely. It's like Israel fucking just, you know, paving Gaza. No enemies. Yeah. They're going <laughs> fucking ham. So Joe, anything else before we go? I uh, usually cut the show around an hour ish, a little longer. Um, yeah. I, I've got two quick questions. I'd like to ask Chad, if you don't mind. Please. Uh, yeah. that I didn't even think about it till we're kind of reminiscing here. I wanted to know uh, the the uh, Howard Stern birthday party show. I never yeah. knew like that one just popped up. Like I didn't know you guys were doing it. You know, we, like I said, we hadn't spoken in a while. And I was like, holy shit! Like, I, I, was that fun? Like, I would imagine that would be debauchery because that was back in Howard's heyday. 
Yeah, that was pretty wild. That was we we had played the show, and then he he was a, he loved selling the drama. It was one of his favorite songs, and so they asked us kind of last minute to do that. We just happened to be in or around New York, and so yeah, I forget where it was, some venue, some theater somewhere in New York, and yeah, they asked us to do. We came in. Yeah, they had all the all the rat brat or what do they call them? Uh, whack pack there, all those guys. Yeah. It was I mean, it was fucking hilarious, but it was it was cool as well. For you guys to be there, like I didn't know there was no like announcement. Live's gonna be there, and then when I saw it, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. same. I was like, it was yeah. very last minute. I remember that. The uh, and then the Saturday Night Live gig, man. I heard. Uh, did, did you guys end up being on Saturday Night Live with Alanis or something? Was that the same time? Or I remember some connection between you guys and Alanis. I don't remember being on the show with her. We we did it twice. Um, in 95 and 97 yeah 97 um, was for secret samadhi yeah, yeah. i don't remember i don't i don't know if i mean we were in we were making secret samadhi in new york and so we went to saturday night live just to go fucking check it out a couple of times once when robin was was uh hosting there's oh, some stories hung out with him and i think the cure play because I, I remember seeing robert smith and introduced myself and he was just like who the fuck are you uh <laughs> Little did he know. As you could imagine Robert Smith to be. I mean, you know, he's he's he seems very aloof and he was, but that's fine. As you should be as a rock star. I yeah, mean, yeah, exactly. being Robert Smith, Smith for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah, but the Rod the Rodman stories are good. We'll oh, those were crazy. Rodman coming out on stage with you guys. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is this band? Like, what are they doing with Rodman? They seem so wholesome, and they got this crazy ass dude coming up singing yeah. island with them. In 96, we were, I don't know if we were playing in New York or, or we were maybe recording, but like somehow there was a connection. He wanted us to come hang out in his hotel room. He, he was a fan. I don't know. We went to hang out in his hotel room and now, he's having breakfast. Crazy. You know, he's got crazy hotel rooms, I'm sure. Yeah, and there was somebody in, in the, it was a suite, somebody in the bedroom. I don't know who was in there. Some, some chick. Madonna, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been Madonna. Could've who fucking been. knows? But, um, but we were, so we had breakfast with him in his room. That's the first time we met him. <laughs> and then he was just come to a show. Like who's not going to let Robin into a show? He was, so he would just show up, come onto the stage, fucking jump around. You guys, he would sing yeah. with you guys and jump around. It was like, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. It was funny. And you know, you couldn't, you couldn't say no. I mean, he was just right. going to fucking come up there anyway. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Security. Um, <laughs> Right. Yeah, man, you guys, we, we definitely uh, got to dive more into your SNL and your Howard Stern appearances on this show because uh, there's just they're, they're they're cool stories there. Like, what made you guys? I love the song, but Hero Psycho Dreamer is such a fast, like three, like maybe two and a half minute song. Like, why would you pick that as one of your songs? Like, uh, oh, on SNL the second time, yeah, we played Lakini's yeah. Juice, and then I don't, I, I don't know how we decided to pick that song to do. I don't know. It was sure. awesome. It was awesome. Rock out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show people you guys rocking out because that's a nice, fast rocking song. All righty then. Well, uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for checking us out. Week five, we have guests coming on every week, apparently. Joe, I want to thank you for coming on. You definitely gave some uh, cool ass stories from the early days. Yes, sir. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, Good to see you, bud. Yeah. Thank you, man. And uh, love to do it again sometime. We'll, we'll come up with some more good ones for him absolutely dude you have an open invitation for sure 
and uh, the gracious too, putting the shit in bullshit. Chad, anything you want to let the audience know? Um, no, just again, thank you for joining, and we'll see you next week. I want to leave the audience with this. Uh, I don't know which side of the coin you guys are on, but please, please do some of your research and don't just listen to NBC, CNN, Fox. Do some independent research. Get some knowledge going because the world is a crazy place right now and uh, we have powers to vote these people in and out. So uh, kind of pay attention to what's going on, people. That's my PSA for the day. 100%. Later, people. Later.